Welcome back to the College Football Breakdown. I am your host, Zachary Haynes. We have Zach Edwards back on the podcast. Yo. What is up, Zach? How are you doing today? Dude, I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here, actually. Yeah, sadly, Very we excited. don't have the troll Grant on the podcast today. Um, I actually think he's with us in spirit, and he even might have something to say. Yes, I, unless you unless you think you want to say it right now, it, it's it's all um, dependent. Or do you want? I'll wait? actually I'll actually hold on to it okay. right now. I'll say it later whenever okay. we get okay. All right, you can say it later. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sadly, we also don't have Trey. Yes, <sighs> we're gonna get Trey on the podcast. I know everybody loves Trey. All his beautiful insight that he gives. Um, but just for now. For this breakdown, we're just gonna have me and Zach, the two Zachs. Let's we're do gonna it. double team this podcast and this breakdown. A lot of great games. A lot of great games. We had AM in Miami. We had a final there. We had Auburn and Penn State, that massacre. We had another massacre in Women's Bryce Stadium that we'll get to. Uh Georgia's oh. good, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <And> just, <laughs> Georgia's really good. Let's let, let's throw that out there. And Oregon's might actually be good as well. And yeah. we see what Georgia did to them. Uh we're gonna have all that and more a couple of crazy games that almost turned upset uh first one we're going to jump into we're going to jump into number 24 texas a&m and number 13 miami a&m 17 miami 9 i did not expect this i thought miami was actually going to win this game i picked miami to win this game Mm -hmm. so yes was i surprised yes i was surprised was i overwhelmed with what i saw on the field from both teams not really to be honest i what i saw from AM is exactly what i expected and what i saw from miami was sort of what i expected but at the same time there's just a couple of kinks in there that i just was like okay i, I they just need to work that out they just they just didn't have consistency in some of these areas um first thing i want to get to is tyler van dyke 21 of 41 217 no touchdowns Miami did not have a touchdown in this game. Uh, as well as Devon A-Chain. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> he is the one bright spot in that AM offense. And there is just one bright spot. There is no other bright spot in that AM offense. He had 18 carries for 88 yards, four receptions for 42 yards, and a touchdown. And he gets it done in the special teams, man. He had a return for a touchdown against App State, and he really jumped out of the gate with a nice return uh, on the first play of the game. Uh, when Miami kicked it off. Key thoughts. Um, again, I'm going to sing some praise to Devon A-Chain. Whether it's running the ball, um, whether it's receiving on special teams, he's explosive. But besides that, Zach, offensively, it's just stagnant for AM as you watch yeah. the game. Uh, there's, there's un- They're underwhelming on the offensive side of the ball. They are. Well, one thing I saw, uh, as especially looking at the stats here, total yards, Miami gained 392, and A&M had 264 total yards. So almost 130 yards difference, and Miami just didn't put it in the end zone. <laughs> you know, no. you, you've got to score. You know, if you're outgaining your opponent by 130, you, you should not be losing by eight points, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and and they just, like you said, um, they didn't get a touchdown. They just couldn't put it in the end zone, which is why they obviously couldn't beat A&M. Because A&M's offense, like you said, it, it's it's pretty underwhelming. <laughs> uh, they've got some great athletes. They just, it, it's not it's not getting it done. Yeah, one touchdown, the one touchdown that they had, uh, one of their touchdowns that they had was a bailout on a short side of the field 
when Miami fumbled a punt. Mm-hmm. Now, again, you got to give them credit. They finished. They didn't end up with a field goal. But long, sustained drives are the hallmark of what a good offense is. If you're a good offense, you have explosive plays, but at the same time, you can take the ball 13 plays, 95 yards, and score. Mm-hmm. That's the mark of a good offense. And A&M can, does not consistently do that. They can't. They can't. They either stall out. And, and the same thing with Miami. Miami was stalling out in the red zone. I understand they were driving it down the field. But again with Miami, you have to finish with touchdowns. You're not going to win the game with field goals unless you're Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> and they also, I mean, they don't have a, they don't have that. I mean, A-Chain, he's good, but they don't have that guy, that leader. Your leader on offense has got to be your quarterback. And although I don't think the quarterback play was awful, you know, it, it's definitely not better than average. And yeah. if you want to succeed in the SEC, you got to have a star quarterback. Yeah, Max Max Johnson didn't hurt. Unless you're Alabama. <laughs> this is true. Bryce Young's pretty good. And now they have both. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Uh, I think with Max Johnson, game managing is the best thing I can explain. Mm-hmm. I, he doesn't hurt you, but he, he's not like, wow, this guy throws the ball down the field. I mean, he's tremendous. He 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 reads through his progressions well. You just don't get that. You get a guy that's, what when I was seeing in the game, a lot of checkdowns, mm-hmm. managing the game, trying not to make mistakes, which, again, is an upgrade from what they had with Haynes King, but in the SEC, that's not going to get it done. You're not going to win eight and nine games if you're doing that. You're going to win more like six or seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking down the road, Right, we take a, a broader perspective here. AM's got to play Arkansas, they got to play Alabama, Ole Miss, Florida. I believe they play Tennessee as well. Hmm. I, with the way that this game is that they're going on offense, I don't know if I would favor. Texas A&M in any of those games is probably one. Yeah, maybe one. One game would be Florida. (laughs) We'll get to that. With the way Florida's playing. (laughs) We'll get to that. The (laughs) offense, you cannot rely on your defense all the time. I understand they're playing extremely well, all right? But relying on your defense, ultimately, if you bend and bend and bend, you're going to break at some point, whether that's going to be Arkansas being physical at the line of scrimmage, whether that's Tennessee's explosive offense and up-tempo offense, or whether it's just Bryce Young being Bryce Young for Alabama. One of those teams is going to get you on defense, and you're going to have to respond with something on offense. Mm-hmm. And the way it's going, Max Johnson's not going to be able to respond. You can't rely on Devon A-Chain all the time because, believe it or not, Alabama's has those type of athletes in their secondary, has those type, those type of athletes in their linebacker core, on their defensive line. Arkansas, you can say that with some of their guys. Tennessee, maybe. Tennessee's a little <laughs> iffy on defense, but they're still athletes in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to move on to Miami. <laughs> Said enough about AM. I- I'm going to use an illustration for this Miami team. Hit me. Uh, Hit me. Hit me with the illustration. For everybody on the podcast, have you ever seen a small kid trying to shoot on a 10 foot hoop? Yes. I mean, it's, 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 it's actually quite interesting. 
it's like a seven, eight-year-old kid, and he's trying so hard. He's muscling all he has to get it and score it on that 10-foot hoop, but he just doesn't have enough. When he gets on an eight and seven-foot hoop, he's muscling in, he's scoring, all right? There's a weakness to that kid because he doesn't have enough strength to get it over. Now, here's why I said this illustration. Think of it, the Miami offense. They scored 70 on Bethune-Cookman, seven-foot hoop. <laughs> All right? They scored 30 on Southern Myth, eight-foot hoop. Texas A&M's defense is a 10-foot hoop, maybe a little bit bigger. This little kid, their offense, they do not have the strength. Or, or they just, they were missing Xavier, Restre- Restre- I think it's Restrebo. I don't know how to say his name correctly. <laughs> um, they were missing him, and he's a big, big, big player on offense for their wide receiver core. They were missing him, and without him, the muscle, the strength that they have for that team is not there. And they can muscle that ball up into that hoop all they want. They can try and muscle it into the end zone, but AM's defense was not breaking. And that's exactly what it looked like. Four times, four times they got into the red zone, and they ended with three field goals, nine points, and a missed field goal. Not only that, they got onto AM's side of the field multiple times, fumble, turnover on downs, um, another missed field goal. At some point, you have to look at your offense and you say, offense, you need to get it done. You need to punch it in. We can't keep settling for field goals, whether that's going forward on fourth down or being aggressive on first down. Uh, Mario Cristobal, I do blame a little bit on on the offense, but I, I blame it a lot of on you and the play calling and that fourth down execution because it was 17-6. to six, mm-hmm. And you went for a field goal with eight minutes left. I'm not questioning. You get paid the big bucks for a reason. But I'm saying in that situation, did you not think about going for it on fourth down and trying to punch it in for a touchdown? Because you were getting field goals all day, but you weren't getting touchdowns, so why not give yourself an extra down? Yeah, I think... This was kind of a game to show everybody that Miami's still mediocre. Um, <laughs> that's what that's what I was trying to say with my take. I, I remember because Grant and I both picked A and M, and you picked Miami, did you not? Mm-hmm. You picked Miami to win by ten, I think. Mm, I think you no, said twenty four twenty. Twenty four twenty. That's right. That's right. Yep. Um, and th- they're just not. This is one mediocre team beating another mediocre team. Because Texas A&M isn't that great. I would yep. say Texas A&M may be top 25. If they're playing their best, yeah. They can probably squeeze in the top 25 when they're playing their best. Miami's just... <laughs> you know, how many points did App State score against Texas A&M? 17. 17 points. And like you, you can't put a touchdown on the board as Miami against Texas A&M. I, I know Texas yeah, with, A&M has with, a lot of st- stars. They were making mistakes left and right, too. Like, it was... They were dropping passes, timely penalties, mm-hmm. missed field goals. Yeah. I mean, if they would have made all their field goals, they still wouldn't have won. I'm just, 15 field goals. I'm just saying... 15 points. The U is still not back. <laughs> They're not... I, I, I see Miami potentially losing two three more games this year um just because i mean some some of these acc teams the way that they can score and what we saw from miami's defense 
Miami, you, you you got some you got some games to play. Uh, <laughs> nothing is written in the stars yet. You got to play every single game. Yeah, I think. Again, a lot of work to do with the ACC championship, competing for it. Miami's defense again looked they looked good, but again, how? <laughs> I got in my notes here. How much can yeah. you take away from playing an offense that's as outdated as Iowa's offensive system? Right. I mean, you can't take away a lot of that. You you can't take away that Miami's defense is really really good by playing Texas A and M an offense that isn't good. Miami's defense really hasn't gotten tested. And I believe they will get tested when they play in the ACC and they play some of these high-powered offenses, such as the likes of North Carolina, such as the likes of Wake Forest, such as the likes of, um, dare I say, NC State, sometimes. Uh, notice I didn't put Clemson on there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Clemson. Yeah, hey, Kate Klubnick. Mean, you put Kate Klubnick in the game and watch you win an ACC championship. That's I, all I, I'm I, saying. Well, they might still win it even with DJ. Because <laughs> <laughs> their defense is good. <laughs> really good. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move on. We're going to move on to number 22, Penn State, uh, mm. Auburn. There's no way, there's nowhere else to put it besides this was a bloodbath on the plains. <laughs> a bloodbath on the plains. Penn State, 41, Auburn, 12. By the way, at home, all right, in front of 87,000 fans, believe it or not, 87,000 that were dead quiet most of the game. Uh, players of the game, Nick Singleton, running back for Penn State, 10 carries, 124, two touchdowns. What was my bold prediction? You said that uh, Penn State's running back would rush for over 100 yards. Mm-hmm. What happened? He rushed for over 100 yards. Yep. <laughs> because, believe it or not, if you guys have not seen Nick Singleton play. 124 yards, actually. He is really good. He's yeah. a true freshman, really good. They also got another true freshman there, uh, Keytron Allen, I believe is his name. He's really good, too. He ran for two touchdowns as well. Uh, I, I look at this game, and I the one stat that just bam like how who how do you not look at the score but look at the box score and know who won there's this one number it's called four turnovers four turnovers to zero zero the penn state didn't turn the ball over yeah auburn turned it over four times Mm -hmm. when you turn the ball over four times and the other team turns it off zero the chances of you winning are slim to none, <laughs> especially if you're turning it in your red zone or you're turning it over in uh, your other side of the field. Right. I mean, in NCAA football, if I turn the ball over uh, four times in an Xbox game, you know, I don't, I don't even know if I'm going to win the game. Right. If I'm throwing <laughs> picks left and right. Listen, triple option, four verticals. That's <laughs> if you're turning the ball over, you're just not good. All right. You, you just gotta. <laughs> That's, that's true. Those. You might as well just quit that. <laughs> um, also, turning the ball over four times, that's deflating for a team, yeah. and it's deflating for a crowd. If you watch this game, the crowd was silent. Mm-hmm. Dead silent. It's the quietest I've ever heard Jordan Harris Stadium. And maybe even the people that were there, like, I guarantee you they were in shock mm-hmm. of what Penn State was doing. Uh, people were so worried about Penn State running the ball uh, against an SEC caliber defensive line because they couldn't run into Purdue and they were like, okay, we're going to write Penn State off. I don't think they can run the ball. They ran for two what? What's the stat here? 
They were for two. They were for two forty-five. Two forty-five. Two forty-five. I mean, mm-hmm. downright looked like a cross-country match. Yeah. I mean, they were running, running up and down the field, whatever they wanted, wherever they wanted to go on Auburn. Auburn could do nothing, nothing. They were out physicaled. They were out athleted on the offensive line. Penn State was just a better, better team. Absolutely. I mean, good teams, like you said, they take care of the ball. Uh, Penn State still won the yards game. They only outgained Auburn by 62. But, I mean, you caused four turnovers, and you didn't turn the ball over once. And you're going to win a football game if you do that. And once again... The war, the war hawk, the 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 tigers, the whatever they are, uh, they you know the, the war tigers, and they're just <laughs> they're just falling deeper and deeper into the abyss of SEC football with South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Missouri. It's just you feel bad, you feel bad for Auburn, especially when you know the tradition, yeah, and the passion around Auburn football. And again, I think it goes back to a lot of what's happening with the boosters at the school and the athletic department and the tension between that and uh, the head coaching staff and the coaching staff and the players. It's just not a good situation in Auburn. And I worry um, a lot about what's going to happen later on in the year if this continues to happen with Auburn. We'll see how that plays yeah, out. Talk, talk about their coaching intelligence, some of the decisions. Oh, my goodness. They I made. Mean, just, <laughs> have you guys ever seen a kid do something just downright stupid? And then you, you bring him over. You're like, hey, Johnny, come over here. Hey, why did you do that? <laughs> why did you do that? Why did you do that? And he's like, I don't know. I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> this is what Auburn was doing yesterday. I mean, Saturday. They passed the ball 19 times in the first half. They ran the ball 11 times. Yeah. They have TJ Finley at quarterback. Maybe, maybe, maybe a top 10 QB in the SEC. And there's only 14 teams. They have Tank Bigsby, who I believe is one of the best, if not the best running back in the SEC. Yeah. And you ran it with him and Jarquez Hunter 11 times. <laughs> That's a moment when I say, what are you doing? Yeah. Why, why did you do that? Did you think it was a good idea to throw against Penn State in that secondary? I understand that you're struggling against Penn State's defensive line. But when you lose your identity on offense and you begin to change, it's not going to work out well. You're going to get tur- turnovers are not going to go your way. When you start passing the ball more, and that's not what you're comfortable with, turnovers are going to happen. Tank Bixby is going to get frustrated. You're going to start becoming one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Instead of handing it off and getting your best player in space. Yeah. When you get your best player in space, such as Tank Bixby or Jarquez Hunter, good things happen. The two times that they got him in space, Tank Bixby ran for 30-something yards. Mm-hmm. They just little dumped down pass. Jarquez Hunter... Little dump tap, dump down pass to Jarquez Hunter. Ended up for about a 25-yard touchdown. Leaped over a guy and scored. All right, that's what that's what you have to do, Auburn. You have to get your guys in space. And I'm sitting here screaming. 
Like, what are you doing? Why did you run it 14 times with those two guys? But you decided to throw it 36 times with TJ Finney and TJ Finley and Robbie Ashford. Ashford. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't understand uh knowing the physicality of SEC teams versus you know a team like Penn State in the Big 10. Um We've seen SEC teams that are run heavy that play through the run first. Historically, obviously, Alabama being that team. And Arkansas. Arkansas is definitely that way. Georgia is also that way, but obviously they've they're loaded. And but what one thing that Georgia does is they're saying hey, we'll do whatever we have to. Uh, like we're gonna we're gonna succeed no matter what. But if it comes down to us running it down your throat, we're gonna run it down your throat. And then we've got tight ends that we can set in the cross and we can put them in the flat, we can put them in a post, a corner, a fly, whatever we want to do with our tight ends. And whenever you have those tight ends that are aggressive and they're also going out for passes, that's just ridiculous. But the point I'm trying to make, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, is that SEC teams that are good, they're normally good because they're saying, hey, whenever we play teams like Penn State, we're going to run you over. And running the ball 14 times, like that's... (laughs) With your two best players. It almost seems like something borderline like mental illness is going on in that offensive coordinator room because you've got to be crazy to not run the ball more, knowing that you have that talent. I don't really understand. And and the thing is, the argument that's going to be brought up is our offensive line was getting beat off the ball, just out-physicaled mm-hmm. by... Um, by Penn State's offensive line. Yeah. By uh, Penn State's defensive line. The thing is, is that you can scheme ways, you can scheme ways to get your players the ball. The fact is, you ran it 14 times, right? If you're not running the ball, if running game's not working, why don't you have a screen pass, get them out in the flat, run an out route, something just to get them the ball. Because good things happened when you got them the ball. And when you didn't get the ball... Bad things happen. So, that's just that's just plain and simple like that. Wait, so you're telling me that it's not good whenever teams underutilize their running backs? Oh, yeah. You mean like wow. uh, like Florida this past uh, this past Saturday with uh that hurts. What's his name? Montreal Johnson. Yeah, yeah, Montreal Johnson. That hurts. We'll get to that. <laughs> don't worry. It's are we? I don't see it. No, Where it's, is it? it's 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 the, the bottom. Okay, all right, yeah, I'll yeah. pause. I had something to say, Grant. Yeah, just yeah. just just wait, Grant. I got you. Oh All man, right, let's keep going. I'm not, not but. too thrilled now to hear what Grant has to say. Um, the local troll, the local troll. My my other thing is with Jordan Hare Stadium, Penn State, a Big Ten team, coming in, more well coached, more athletic, more physical. Yeah, you go into their home field, Auburn's home field, you get absolutely embarrassed like that. You're going to hear from the fan base, the athletic department, maybe from even the players. How much longer does Brian Harson have at Auburn? There was already heat from last year and how they finished. Now I believe it's definitely heating up. Grant mentioned it last podcast we had. There is a flamethrower yeah. right now under that seat, and it's getting really, really hot uh, for Brian Harson. I would say if you don't get more... If you don't get more than seven wins, you're gone. 
potentially. And their schedule's br- brutal. Yeah. I mean, and that's just the way it is in the SEC. It, it, it's not like Nebraska. You can stay for like two to th- two and a half to three seasons, yeah. and then we'll be like, okay, now we'll let you go. You know what I mean? Um, that's just... It, it's, it's tough in the SEC. It's not like you're facing... Uh, no offense, Pac-12. No not, offense. Yeah, your defense is terrible. You're not like <laughs> facing. You're not facing Colorado, Arizona every mm-hmm. other week. Like, yeah, it's not happening like that. You're facing teams like Ole Miss, uh, Auburn, albeit not a great SEC team. No, probably a decent team when it comes to other Power Five. When they run the ball. When they run the ball. <laughs> Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU, Florida, South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky. Like, these teams aren't bad teams. They just get beat up in the SEC because the SEC is just a, an elite conference. Yes. When it comes to talent and athletes. Uh, again, hot seat for Brian Harson. Hot seat not for is not going on for James Franklin right now. No. 3-0. We're going to look ahead. I hate yeah. looking ahead. I want to look ahead. Michigan in two weeks. I think that's going to be a good game. If Michigan looks strong. Yes, if Penn State can end up being 5-0 and and we can get Michigan and Penn State. That's good. that's a, that's a good one. That's that's that, a really good one. That's a game is that, I, is, is that at Penn State? I believe it's at Michigan. <sighs> we want a whiteout, man. I know. I we would, want a whiteout. I would love a whiteout. <laughs> Remember what happened last time Michigan was there? Yeah. We had the greatest moment in crowd history that happened. It was incredible. It was amazing. Uh <laughs> The other thing is, is I'm interested to see how this team's going to play the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Penn State has this tendency to start out really strong and then fade at the end of the year. Will they do that this year? Time time will tell. Uh, let's move on to uh, Oregon beats BYU. Number 25, Oregon, versus number 12, BYU. Oregon had 41, <laughs> BYU 20. Uh, what did what did we say about this game? I said BYU was going to win by seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> I said and BYU thirty one twenty seven. They got smacked. <laughs> they got more than smacked. Um, they got bent over. <laughs> that's that's what happened. Uh, Goodbo showed up pretty well this week. Uh, he he showed up the last two weeks. Um, he has yeah. seven touchdowns. He's thrown for over yeah. Over 600 yards. I think one thing he's I heard. Comfortable. He he's very comfortable. One thing that I heard the um, the announcers talking about was like he just he looks different. Oregon. He feels different at Oregon because I mean his dad played at Auburn. He felt all of this. What it was his dad, correct? That played yes. at Auburn, and he, he felt all of this. You know, pressures like this is my dream school. This is this is this is, and he had all these expectations on him and in his own mind. And now he's gotten away from that, and he's just starting to play. And you're starting to see like, is he is he top three, top five quarterback? I don't know about that, but is he a good quarterback when he's playing well? Yeah, he's he's a good quarterback, especially he's he's the type of player that Oregon needs right now um so I, I was impressed uh with him uh he, he's definitely and we'll talk more about this but th- this Oregon team is definitely playing differently and I understand they were playing Georgia but it's a different team than than the loss at Georgia it's a different Oregon team it's also maybe a little bit of the fact that they're playing Georgia and Georgia's just 
on a different level I think, yeah. than yes. every other team this year. Mm. Again, we'll get into that later on. Uh, the offensive line, this is what most. This is what impressed me the most while watching the game. That Oregon offensive line, I thought they were going to get pushed around. Mm-hmm. BYU was very physical with Baylor. Baylor's a very physical team, and they really kept up with Baylor, and they beat Baylor. I thought BYU was going to push around. It was the complete opposite. Oregon manhandled them on the offensive line and the defensive line. Mm-hmm. I was super, super impressed with the protection that Bo Nix was getting, especially, um, I'll say, pass pro was was phenomenal. I mean, he had all day to throw. I mean, he could have set up a picnic back there. It would have been completely fine. Uh, running the ball was also re- extremely... They ran for 212 on the ground. Yeah. BYU ran for 61 on the ground. I That that sums it up right there. That sums sums up exactly what happened on that, that front four and that, that front seven. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. You just... They just physically imposed themselves <laughs> they reminded BYU that they are BYU and that he's like you're BYU we're Oregon um yeah I mean and that's just how it is yeah it's it's, it's the physicality of Oregon again the Oregon's looked like the faster team they just looked like the better team they had more athletes there's, there's a ceiling to what BYU is and what they're going to be they're never going to be that elite team, that playoff team, but they can be a good, decent 9-3, and 10-2 team. That's that's your ceiling. Uh, Dan Lanning's off to a great start as well. Had a, gr- a really rough game against Georgia. People were calling for his head already. Fairweather fans. Um, yeah. But Dan Lanning, I think, these last two games, I'm, I'm really impressed to what he's put on the field, especially what he put against BYU. Uh, impressed so far with the start that he has. We're going to move on to the massacre that happened in the Plains. <laughs> Number one, Georgia beat South Carolina 48-7. to No, I did not just pronounce that. It was 48-7. to uh, What was our... We said the spread of this game was 24. And in the preview, we said... I said 38-13. You said 45-7. Yes. And Grant said 48-3. 48-3. Grant was almost on the money. Yeah. Grant was almost on the money. But they ended with a touchdown, so technically you were closer. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I was closest my first week on the podcast, <laughs> and I outdid everybody. That is right. That is absolutely right. Yeah, you got your hands raised and everything. You're so happy. <laughs> yes, it feels good. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it does. You know who doesn't feel good right now? Who? South Carolina fans. Oh, yeah, they, they don't feel very good. No, no, they don't. Uh, Georgia, there is, what, 70? There's 78,000 at the game. 78 to 12. Their capacity was 77,000. Uh, those 70, uh, 78,000, they were gone pretty quick. I would say, by the end. Oh of the, yeah! By the end of the game, <laughs> it, there was, was, it was very quick. <laughs> <laughs> by the end of the game, I think there was about a thousand fans, and I'm not over exaggerating. I'm 100 percent serious that there was maybe a thousand fans in that uh, in that stadium. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was empty. Yeah, it it did not look good. Like it was a very bad look. <laughs> like we kept looking up at the stands. I mean, there was maybe like 50, 50 uh, 
yeah. South Carolina fans. And all, all of the fans that were like still loyal to the team at that point <laughs> had moved to the very front. And whenever they got their touchdown, uh, like they were going nuts. Ser- seriously, <laughs> if you have not watched the game, the South Carolina ending, and you haven't looked at the stands, it is the worst I've ever seen. <laughs> like it was empty. There was nothing. It's bad. There was it, nothing. It was bad. Um, Beamer ball. Uh, it's. <laughs> I don't know, man. They. They have work to do. People were really high on them to start this year. But again, the recruiting just hasn't been there. And I think it takes a lot. It takes a bunch of time to build up a program to what you want it to be when the recruiting hasn't been there, especially for a school like South Carolina. Mm. There's a ceiling. There's a ceiling for South Carolina. I don't think the ceiling is is thirteen or fifteen and zero or or eleven and one. I I think it's ten and two, nine and three. I think that's their ceiling. Mm. I, I don't think you can get any higher than that unless there is a dramatic change in the athletic department and the boosters at South Carolina. I mean, whenever that that play where Brock Bowers scored, <laughs> um, on that I think it was like a forty yard touchdown pass, and he's just he's out. Like he's just way more athletic than like the defensive backs of South Carolina, and he just like made a miss easily, and they scored that I think to go up like thirty five or something. You're just like, yeah, this is bad. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's just a whole different level. Like, I I felt really bad for South Carolina. They got embarrassed, and, and honestly, I was like, you know what, maybe maybe they can come out and fight. Maybe they can put up a little bit of fight. Maybe Grant and I will be wrong, but we were not. No, no. <laughs> it, was, it was worse. It was worse than I, than I thought. The like, thing is, like, is that Georgia, <laughs> Georgia, when they beat teams mm-hmm. this year, the Oregon, they beat them with a hammer. Oh, yeah. I mean, the nail was like halfway out. Like it was in the wood, all right, when they were beating Oregon. It was like halfway out, halfway in. And then Kirby Smart decided, no, 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 that thing's going in all the way. And just oh, yeah. bam, bam, bam. And, and they did the same thing with South Carolina. They, by a meme phrase, they do not care. <laughs> <laughs> we do not care. <laughs> they do not care. They weren't going to beat that dead horse until it's dead. I mean, they're they're gonna they're gonna kill you. They're gonna kill you, ransack your stadium, and then they're gonna walk out as champions because <laughs> they beat you forty-eight to seven. They want to embarrass you when they're on the field. That's the kind of culture that they have set. Yeah, and, and it's it's crazy to think about. Here's here's the difference. Well, we were ta- I mentioned this a little bit about uh, fans going crazy after they scored. The first touchdown, now Grant was wrong in this aspect as well. So this is another thing that I was right about and Grant was wrong about. Uh, Grant said they wouldn't give up a touchdown. They did like in the last like four minutes of the game. They give up a, a touchdown. They're up. They won 48-7, to correct? They're up 48 nothing. They give up a touchdown. Everybody on the Georgia sidelines, especially that defensive back who gave her the touchdown, like he's mad. Like he's really upset. <laughs> yeah, that's... And then, like, Matt, and, you know, he's got his teammates who are like, hey, man, like you learn from this, keep your head up. It's like, we're still playing a good game. Like, this is the learning experience, you know? You got beat. Um, you're going to get better as time goes on. So you've got 
one side of the field that's angry that they gave up a touchdown and now they are only winning 48-7. to And the other side of the field, the fans are going nuts because they scored one touchdown. <laughs> and they're losing four, They're only losing 48-6 to now instead of 48 nothing. It's just a different culture. South Carolina has come to expect this. I hope, I, I, I do kind of hope Shane Beamer can turn the, you know, turn the school around a little bit when it comes to football because honestly football is better whenever Clemson and South Carolina can have like a decent rivalry and so it's just right now they're not (laughs) they're not producing they are not producing my other thing with Georgia correct me if I'm wrong this might be the best offense in the country (laughs) and the best defense in the country yeah I, I don't I don't I'm, think you're wrong. I hate to make conclusions, but I think I think this might be the best offense, the best defense, which is mm-hmm. crazy, which is crazy, and I have evidence for this. Tight end, you can't cover him. Offensive line is dominant. Stetson plant Stetson Bennett is playing at a higher level. The defense hasn't lost a beat. In fact, they might actually be better, which is scary. Yeah. I came in the year I was like they're going to take a step down you can't lose all that NFL talent and just be as good as you were yeah no no they're as good which is (laughs) they replaced everybody man it's 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 scary and also it does help that Spencer Rattler is not the guy that we thought he was going to be no no he's really if you're a South Carolina fan, you're frustrated, obviously. But, I mean, that's a South Carolina fan every season. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that was for your grant. Um, Spencer Radler, you know, he's <laughs> RIP Grant. He's not dead. He's just in Tennessee yeah. <laughs> hitting long bombs away. Yeah, he's um, playing golf. Carrying the ball 300 yards. So, Spencer Radler's just not good. I, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> South Carolina fans. Spencer Radler's not a good quarterback. And, I mean, Grant also, okay, Grant was right about this. Grant said he'd throw two interceptions, and he threw two interceptions. Sure. So, Grant 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 got me on that one. You you got me, Grant, okay? Giving Grant all the credit. Yes. I, the thing with Spencer Rattler is he gets so, I feel as if when he makes a mistake, he tries to make up for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like he he gets so worried about the mistake, when he makes one, it's it, it's in his head. Like I I see the same thing happening with Anthony Richardson as well. They make a mistake, and they worry about it. And when you're a quarterback, you have to have a short memory. Mm-hmm. It, it's got to be in your mind, and it's got to be back out. Like yes, through the interception, whatever. It matters, but it doesn't. All right, what can I do to be better? That's the mentality you have to have. And I'm not. I don't. I don't want to judge Spencer Rattler on this, but when you watch him on the field, he throws an interception. He gets hesitant. Yep. I, it's it's not a good look, and I don't think that's a good look of a quarterback. I think it's just a lot of insecurities. Uh, it, you saw it in high school. He had insecurities. Everybody, nobody liked him. I mean, pe- people realized he was a good talent, or at, at least that's what we thought. But he was really arrogant, which arrogance is really just insecurity revealing itself in a way. Um, you see, you see even more insecurity because he gets his job. He, he's beat out at Oklahoma because we see that Caleb Williams is way better. 
Um, there's just a lot of insecurity, and I can only imagine that that's getting greater now, that he's being exploited. <laughs> you know, uh, he, he's being showcased to not be what we once thought he was now that he's in the SEC, especially. We're going we're gonna to move on from uh, South Carolina, Georgia. I think we've said all that we can. Uh, we've taken that Capri Sun bottle, and we have squeezed as much juice as we can. <laughs> um, we're going to move on to uh, – I don't want to talk about this. Uh, oh, yeah, baby. Number 18, Florida beat South Florida hey, 31 to 28. Go Gators. Go. Go Gators. Hey, I have a question, Zach. Yeah, go ahead for this question. Th- this one is for Grant Bagwell. Okay. Uh, Grant wanted – me to ask you to make the uh, goat noise um because uh he's he's sad that he can't be here tonight so he wants to turn on the podcast this week and hear the goat sound uh, that you made last year talking about billy napier what do you mean talking about billy napier billy billy goat come on make the goat noise what do you let's mean? hear it what do you mean <laughs> come on dude dude that was a what is, that what was is, a hard fought what has billy napier done Exactly. That's the that's the sarcasm. He hasn't I, done I understand yet. that's a sarcasm, but I mean, give him time. Yeah. No. Hey. No. Hey. I'm telling you, give him time. You know, we're not judging him off for three <laughs> games a year. I think he's doing a great job. Yeah. I, I think he's I, doing a great job. I think there's just some struggles that's happening within the offense right now in execution. Yeah. I have I I have confidence in Billy Napier as a coach and what he's doing. It, it, it's just it's funny. Where my confidence <laughs> is lacking right now this is for you, Grant. All right. <laughs> My confidence is lacking is a guy named Anthony Richardson. Hmm, yeah. Um, <sighs> hey, he's like a mix between okay. Dax. <laughs> Stop. Give, give me my time. Okay. Give me my time. My bad, my bad. Um, the passing game of Florida is, there's no way to put it, it's downright bad. Mm-hmm. It is bad. When you are three games in the year and you have zero touchdowns, zero passing touchdowns, and four interceptions, that's bad. Yeah. And I think it has a lot to do with Anthony Richardson. I think it has a lot to do with the play calling. All right? In the Utah game, he looked good. You know why he looked good? Because you were getting him out in space. What is he best at? He's best when he's scrambling to his right and he's able to read two simple reads. He's able to read the first read the high read and then the low read. Yep. All right? Easy progressions. Easy. One, two. All right? You don't have that run because that's what you're best at. Instead, now they've stepped back. They say it's because we don't have backup QB, so they're not running them as well. I don't care that we don't have a backup QB. If we want to win, we need to get Anthony Richardson out in space and we need to run yeah. the ball. Yes. Run it with him. Run it with Montrell Donson. Do some read option. Run it with Naquan Wright. Run it with Trevor Etienne. Yeah. Run it with those guys because that's the strength of our offense. The strength of our offense is not passing the ball. Yeah, I agree. You, he is not a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. He's not. It's not his game. You know, whenever um, you go to a nice steakhouse, Zach, Zach let me paint a picture for you. Let's okay. say paint a picture for me. You meet this girl, right? Mm-hmm. And she's great. And you're like, I'm going to take this girl out for some nice steak, right? You guys go out to the steakhouse. You have these high expectations. You sit down. The service is pretty good. Everything's looking good. All all arrows are pointing to a good time. And then you have the steak. And, you're, and you, you get that bill. And you're like, 
you know, this steak really wasn't all that is cracked up to be, especially when I'm paying for it. Why did I do this when I could have just gone to cookout and gotten a chicken strip tray, right? That's kind of how I feel about Anthony Richardson so far. You know, he's the he's the steak. They all all arrows at, at beginning are pointing to good, but right now he's not producing. And like you said, they need to utilize who he is, what kind of player he is. He's not going to be this pocket passer. And I'm sure he, he's going to get better at that, absolutely. He's yeah. a sophomore. He has very little experience actually starting. But he had that first good game at Utah. They need to get back. They need to play through the run. They are a run-heavy team because that is their um, – I can't think MO. of the word. It's their M.O., but it's also their personnel. Uh, yeah, like the people they have. Best, it's exactly. what they're best. It's what Florida is best at. Mm-hmm. Montre Johnson, six carries, 108. Yeah. I hand it off to him more. Yeah, he's, ex- we, he's explosive, man. When, he, he's got some jive. I, Trevor Etienne, the true freshman, mm-hmm. brother of uh, Travis Etienne, by the way. Yeah, He's got some wiggle, man. He's, he's good. He's good. Naquan Wright's got some wiggle to him as well. The, these running backs that we have, let's not waste them. Let's use them correctly. We got a great offensive line. A great offensive line. They push people off the ball. They push Utah off the ball. They push um, Kentucky sometimes off the ball. And they push South Florida off the ball. Use that. Go through that. And then throw in some play action here and there. Because I think when you give a play action and you give Anthony Richardson one or two reads and get out of there, I think that's what he's best at. I think um, in the Utah game, if you go back and watch the film, that's what they did. Uh, Enough of Florida. Uh, Arkansas. Hmm. I just have a question mark. They were down 17 to nothing. I know they came back and won, but... I know Arkansas is a good team, but they really scared me there for a second. I was, I was not planning on them using the Missouri State. I think they're a little overrated. You think they're a little overrated? I think overrated. Arkansas is a little overrated. I mean, Missouri State, you know, good on you. But, I mean, I think this also proves how bad South Carolina is. Um, be, because they got they got run over offensively by Arkansas. And I, I think Arkansas is a, a top 20 team. I really think, and they'll prove that with the teams they got to play. Um, they play hard, but when it comes to talent wise, I don't. They're not the caliber of these other top SEC teams. Um, I think they're slightly overrated. I don't think they should be number ten. I mean, obviously they have they haven't lost a game, right? They beat Cincinnati, so they're undefeated, right? So so that's why they're. But I, I think quickly once they get into SEC play, that'll that'll change. I don't think Arkansas is overrated. I think they were just sleeping through this. But, okay. you know, uh, Arkansas, you really scared me. I think you were looking a little ahead to Texas A&M because that's a big game on the schedule. But you can't do that. You cannot yeah. do that with the schedule that you have. Uh, quick here, Washington beat Sparty, number 11 Michigan State, 39-28. Is Washington for real? Look, I'm watching this game, and Washington looks good with Michael Penix at quarterback. I mean, he's slinging it around. Again, I know Michigan State has a really bad secondary. Yes, we thought there would be some improvement. Turns out there's not. That's a whole nother conversation that we might get into. But is Washington a threat in the Pac-12? Are they a threat to Utah? Are they a threat to USC? I think anybody that can score is a threat in the Pac-12. Because um, Pac-12 defense is so soft. Um, 
I don't think Washington's bad. I also do think Michigan State's overrated. You know why? Because they're a Big Ten team. <laughs> um, Ouch. Yeah, and <laughs> Michigan State. Um, can't remember the name of the running back last year. Uh, Kenneth Walker. He he's he's not there, and you know you're missing him. That's a big thing to miss. Uh, and I'm I'm not sure how well they reloaded if they're losing by 11 to Washington. I think they're slightly overrated. And and I think I don't I don't think Washington's weak. But Wait. is Michigan State overrated? Yes. I would agree. Sorry, Sparty. <laughs> Love you, Mel Tucker. But sorry. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm gonna throw this out here. I don't talk about Heisman's that Heisman candidates that much. Hmm. Everybody's talking about oh. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. The Drake best, <laughs> the best running back in college football right now is Mo Ibrahim from Minnesota. He's a stud. He is the best running back in college football. I watched him against Colorado. I know it's Colorado, but we watched him against Ohio State last year, and he tore him up. He comes back after this Achilles injury, and he looks just as good. Through three games, he has 464 on the ground and seven touchdowns. Through three games, he's ran for 130, 132, 202. Three touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns. I'm just saying, if I had a vote right now for Heisman, I'm putting my vote in for him. Because he he has looked like the best running back. And he's looked better than Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. He's looked better than C.J. Stroud. He has not had a weak game. I understand that they're playing better competition. But we're giving this to the person that is most valuable to the team and who you think is one of the best players in college football. And I think it's Mo Ibrahim. Yeah. It, if he keeps this up, you definitely got to put him up there. 100%. Do I think it's still going to be Bryce Young? Probably. <laughs> but we'll back see. Back to back. It, it, it's very, very early. We, we'll see. Uh, also, basketball schools. Syracuse is three and zero. Yep. I can't believe I'm saying this. Duke is three and zero. Yep. Kansas. Kansas is three and zero. Yep. Who else? Who else? Who else is three and zero? North Carolina That's is three right. and zero. That's right. Rutgers is three and zero. Indiana is three and zero. I'm sorry. Is it basketball season already? <laughs> I. My my thing is is that Kansas is actually good. Dramatic pause. <laughs> Kansas is good. Man, I wish Grant was here because he'd be like, no, they're not. <laughs> no, no, they are. They played Houston, and they beat the brakes yes. off of Houston. They made the other guy, the couple guys from Houston, fight on the sideline because they mm. were beat him so bad. That's what Kansas is doing to people. And, hey, look, they got an explosive offense, man. I mean, they're averaging like 40-something points a game. It's definitely, they have the number one offense in the country right now, don't they? One of the best. One of the best. I mean, um, they put forty-eight. They put fifty-five on West Virginia. Yeah. I mean, they're they're, they're balling, man. They're balling. They're definitely better than the and Kansas team. Kansas and Duke play each other this week. That'll be interesting. That'll go, be a really go good. Go Jayhawks. Game. I was making fun of it at the beginning of the at the beginning of the year and last year. Yeah. On uh, this is going to be the the bottom like bottom of the worst bowl, but uh, guess what? <laughs> Turns out these teams are actually good. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Freeman got his first win as Notre Dame head coach. 
Mm. I just want to talk about this game because I want to talk about the Tommy Reese incident between the offensive oh, hitter. Yeah. I mean, yes. That was really funny, I thought. Um, do your job yeah, is what I, he was saying in yeah. nice terms. Uh, Notre Dame has an offensive problem. It is bad. Yeah. And I really don't think their next couple games they're going to win if they continue to play like this. They play North Carolina. They play BYU. Oh. I think those are two L's the way it's looking yes, sir. right now for Notre Dame. Uh, by the way, Brian Kelly got his first SEC win. Hey. Beat Mississippi State. Congrats, Brian Kelly. Good job, Brian Kelly. Actually looked good. Good um, job. They shut down that Mississippi State and Will Rogers-led offense. Uh, Mike Leach as well. It, it was it was a solid win for LSU. Proud of where that program is is starting to trend up towards. Uh, last thing. All right. Games you are most excited for <laughs> next week. Now, we have one game next week with Florida and Tennessee. But we also got Clemson at Wake Forest. Um, Duke and Kansas. I can't believe I'm saying that. Texas versus Texas Tech. North Carolina versus Notre Dame. Yes, sir. Minnesota versus Michigan State. Hmm. That's that's an interesting game as well. Oregon versus Washington State. Washington State's 3-0. They beat Wisconsin. Arkansas at Texas. Uh, Arkansas, Texas A&M in Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Yeah. Wisconsin versus Ohio State. And these are all Kansas State versus Oklahoma. Yeah. All I'm saying is Wednesday. Wednesday is going to be a good podcast. Breaking oh, breaking down these it's games. Going to be a bunch. What what game do you think you're most excited for to watch? <laughs> well, personally, uh, I'm ready to watch uh, good old Marcus Freeman and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish okay, taking besides, Allen King Memorial. Besides North Carolina and Notre Dame, <laughs> I think Tennessee and Florida is going to be a really good game. Um, right now, the spread is 11 for that game. I think it's going to be closer than that. Uh, I that would. I'm interested to see how Texas does. Tennessee. No, yeah, to Texas with Texas Tech as well. I'm I'm interested to see oh. how Texas plays, but I think Tennessee and Florida uh, right now is a contender for best game of the week. That's why College Game Day is going there. Mm-hmm. Lot the atmosphere is definitely going to be there. Oh yeah, they're checkering out the stadium. By the way, <laughs> Anthony I've, Richardson, you got to. I have been <laughs> to one of those games. The checkered out. I'm telling you, I do not like Tennessee. <laughs> but that is really cool when it's checkered out. Oh, yeah. 100%. 106,000 fans in Neyland Stadium, checkered out. It's loud. Hey, guess what? Guess it what? It's loud. Guess what? Go Gators. There you go. I hope the Gators win. They got to play through the run. They got to play through the run. If they don't, they're going to lose. Yes. Uh, my, the game I'm most excited, I'm really interested to see the Kansas and Duke game. I don't know. I'm like, I'm hyped for that game. Like, if Kansas wins and they go to 4-0... Let's let's look at this schedule. I wish they could both lose. Whatever. <laughs> what do we got? They got Iowa State, TCU. The way Kansas is playing right now, they beat Duke. I think they could beat Iowa State and TCU. Imagine if Kansas is six and zero playing Oklahoma. They still lose to Oklahoma, most likely, but most likely. But hey, man. Hey, they'll take they'll take six and one instead of zero and twelve. If Kansas is six and zero. College game day is going to go to that game because they might be ranked if they go in. Hey, if Kansas is six and zero, and we have video up by that point, uh, we'll do something. We'll, we'll buy Kansas merch 
or something. Yeah, we'll, all buy cans merch and we'll wear it. <laughs> okay. I'll say Rock Chalk Jayhawk on the podcast. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down to do something for Kansas. Hey, go Kansas, all right? Go Jayhawks. Do, do you want to mention about maybe possibly the video or are we going to save that for later? No, no, we'll save that later Ooh, for, for okay. everybody on the podcast. Mystery. Yeah, it's a mystery right now. <laughs> we'll figure it out later. Um, This is the end of the podcast. I, I, have, I have nothing. Any, any other thoughts, games concerning our upcoming podcast on Wednesday? Please don't say go Tar Heels. I don't like that. Not on the podcast. Drake May is leading the NCAA. Okay, we're in done. All right, guys. This is touchdowns. A great podcast. <laughs> uh, Jack, Zach, I always enjoy having you on the show. Oh, I've enjoyed um, it very much. Looking forward to blessing. Grant being here Wednesday. Yes, the troll himself. Hopefully, Trey can get on so we can have all four of us. Oh, yes. Wouldn't that be cool? It would. Uh, again, I'm Zach. That is Zach Edwards. Yes, sir. Over there, we are signing off again on rss.com on spotify on all the podcasts go get a follow go get a like um again enjoyed it thank you guys